one of the things that really uh, I had to learn over the years is to do what I do best and outsource the rest. Welcome to Honesty Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming the show Chris Dinnert. Chris is an e-commerce veteran with experience in multiple industries. Currently, he's the CEO and co-founder of Dugout Mugs, which is an eight-figure-a-year e-commerce company in the baseball space. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. I'm, I'm very excited to chat. We had so much fun on the pre-call. Um, so for those that are like unaware about Dugout Mugs, can you quickly talk about the types of products you guys are bringing to market? Yeah. So uh, it was about seven years ago when we launched Dugout. But um, it started with a flagship product. It's a, the one that's up here behind me. It's a baseball bat barrel hollowed out and turned into a badass drinking mug. Like That's literally where we started. And then as we built the momentum, as you do with e-com, you identify who your target audience is and ask them the simple question of what else, right? And it was, we want a mug that has a lid that looks that I can take to the ball game, right? Like that doesn't spill. Um, we want shot glasses. We want little tchotchkes for weddings. Like, so the more questions we asked, we end up having wine and whiskey and, and beer mugs and tumblers and shot glasses and bottle openers. But at the end of the day, it's just premium baseball bat themed barware. It's very, very niche. Absolutely. That's where the money is, right? It is. <laughs> Alrighty. So where'd the idea for this product come from? Take me back in time. Yeah. So uh, my business partner, Randall, uh, invented the bat mug, right? And um, he was a pitcher for the Blue Jays organization. I, I guess it was probably 12, 13, somewhere in there. And then he got cut. And it's at that point, you have to like, learn how to walk again. Like, you know, I'm going to be a pro athlete. Like, it's all you've been training for, for a decade or more. And then someone says, hey, you're not good enough. And uh, life changes. And, and he... Went back to, you know, doing a couple of jobs he didn't really care for. And he got back into coaching baseball. He wanted to get back into baseball. So he went to his alma mater, Florida Tech, and started coaching. And while he was coaching one day, a guy was cutting bats in half to do a hitting drill and leaving the barrels in the dugout. And that was it. He picked it up and there's a natural cupping in the top of a bat. And he's like, I wonder how far that, because if you know Randall, like these kind of odd thoughts just go through his head. And that's one of the very special things about him. And he's like, I wonder how far I can drill that out. So he went home and he's drawn on napkins, like the traditional founder story. Um, and then he bought a, a, a drill and a saw and all this shit and just on his counter and started figuring it out. And Bumbled around like any manufacturing uh, product and, and the, the the drawings and the, the the samples and the testing and all the shit like that. But then eventually he got to a point where um, he had a prototype and he started making it and he was just belly to belly sales. But he's an introvert. Right. So it's really conflicting with his personality. So that's how he brought it to the market. And uh, he was probably seventy thousand dollars in sales uh, by himself in the first year, which was twenty sixteen. Um, and then he found some articles about me. Uh, I, I helped bring, you know, a print on demand t-shirt company to the market and things like that and was successful with it. And he read some articles. And he came to me. He's like, dude, I need to pick your brain on this idea. And I looked at it, you know, and we had some conversations and I said, look, man, if you really want to go for a ride, 
um, I was just going through a transition in my life, very, you know, uh, traumatic transition. And uh, I was like, you could be the dude. If you believe in me, you show me, quit your job, call me tomorrow, kind of met conversation. And that's what happened in 2017 is when we launched Dugout um, and we're almost $44 million in sales since. It's crazy. Oh, that's amazing. So obviously you came in to the business a little bit past where your partner had found product market fit. But do you remember anything in those beginning days of what he was doing to see if there was an audience for this product? Yeah. So what's funny is the first con- well, the first conversation we had, um, I was at a mastermind board of advisors. I'm a, the, a founding member of this mastermind. And I happened to be at a meeting and he happened to be driving past the hotel. It was just fate, man. And I was like, bring me a mug. Let me see this thing. And he brought it to me. I was like, bro, that's kind of weird. You know, I was more of a, a football fan. And uh, he said, just trust me, carry it around for a week and let me know what people say. I said, okay, sounds good. I'll do that. And sure, I wasn't two or three days in and people nonstop. Hey, man, that's cool. What's that? Where can I get it? I'm like, okay. And then what I did is I actually thought back to my t-shirt days, the print on demand. We did $20 million in t-shirt sales. And all we did was took a blank canvas and put something on it that was relevant to the audience we were targeting. This is when Facebook was easy, you know, push buttons, print money. And I, I, that's what I told him. I said, dude, this reminds me of a t-shirt. All we got to do is say, um, I love baseball or a baseball field and put Cincinnati or Cleveland or New York. And, and all you're doing is starting to layer interests on a unique product. And man, we went from 70,000 to 500,000 in 90 days, you know, just putting an interest on it. And, and, you know, he's an overthinker. And I had a couple uh, agencies, uh, social media management, whatever. So I, I told him, I said, you have to understand the mentality of people on social media. There, it, it's uh, low is is an is an overstatement. Um, so I, we started dumbing down the content, and we started dumbing down the messaging, and we started doing memes and giveaways and gamification and things like this uh, for for the interaction, which blew him away because he is high level thinker, right? Uh, measure forty five times, cut once, and I'm ready. Fire aim over here. Um, I said, but you just got to trust me. You know, I've done this before. I'm, you know, it's not my first rodeo. And uh, he did, and we did, and we decided who fits in what lane because uh, we certainly couldn't coexist in the same lane. We're too different. But that's the that's the magic. That's the essence of a partnership, which are not always easy. Um. So yeah, and then we started rolling, man. Twenty seventeen. Oh man, you just said so many things that I have said before. My fir- my favorite thing, is, and guys, I didn't plan this. Everyone listening uh, is that if you have a partnership or you have employees, you have to establish swim lanes, and two people cannot be responsible for one thing because they're assuming the other person's doing it, and it will never get done. Yeah, if two people are doing the same thing, one's not needed. Period. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, um. To just clarify on the partnership, so you come in and you join Dugout. You're not you're not just doing you know marketing as a consultant or anything. You are now part of the team. You are part of the the cap table per se. Correct. I, I stepped in at forty percent owner. Well, so what it was is Randall was looking for help and investment and all these other things. And like I said, I was coming out of a place in my life where I uh, almost almost died actually, and and like just chaos and and. I was in the wrong deals with the wrong people. I was losing money in the cannabis space, the restaurant space, all this stuff, right? And I got, I was like, dude, I need to get back to what I know well. 
And that's marketing, sales, social, hype. Like this is what I love to do. And when I found Randall, I was like, hey man, I can't invest right now. I said, but I can I can 10X your company in six months or less. And then you're you're winning in a very big way if I can step in and do that. And then at that point I I pull I had I got capital around me. So I was able to pull um LOCs, hard money. We were getting we were getting funded on the front side of it to do big POs. Um, and things like that. And then Randall could focus solely on what he was good at. You're hopping in here. You already know there's something here. What was some of the first levers you started pulling on to accelerate the growth? I look at things like you have to build to where you're going. Don't build to where you are. Right. So the first thing I did is we had to get capitalized and um, not a lot, hundred grand with 150 line of credit. It wasn't crazy, but we needed to be able to drive down the cost of goods by putting in a larger order, right? And and the first order was you know, eighty thousand dollars or something crazy like that for the wood and the bats and the you know board out and everything. So that was the first step was getting funded. But immediately from a marketing standpoint, um, it was licensing. And you know you can it's all fun to do generic and really walk the line. But when you get on the radar, you get popped. It, it, you, there's no way around it. And I, I had some other businesses that currently had licensing in Major League Baseball Players Association, which means you can do the player's name, image, likeness, signature, things like that. So I made it now, I, I, which was this was a funny part. So I only had a couple percentage points in this company, but I called MLBPA and I said, hey, one of my other companies is already licensed with you guys and I have a new product and I need a license for this other one. And they jumped on board and they're like, yeah, that's fine. We get, so in, in within like 120 days, we had a license for Major League Baseball Players Association, strictly network, because that's what one of my my superpowers is networking. Right. So people know me. I know them. It's a good relationship. So when I can make a call like that, um, it holds water. Right. And so now we got a license and then immediately we're doing Mike Trout and Aaron Judge and Francisco Lindor and all these mugs like this. And that's when we started to gain traction, right? In the in the first probably, uh, well, the second half of that year, and we finished that first year. I was on board at one point one million dollars in our first year. That's amazing for rapid growth like that. A lot of entrepreneurs think that you know it's paid ads, paid ads, paid ads. Was that the playbook, or what were you guys doing? Well, everything was kind of low hanging fruit at that point because it's an extremely unique product, right? It, it, it's paid ads. Paid ads are tough. Like you got to cut through the noise. And 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 even then, even in 2017, it wasn't as bad as it is now Yeah, to, to cut through the noise and at the cost to do so. So what I was explaining to Randall from the very beginning was uh, CAC, right? Customer acquisition costs. How do we get as many customers as we can? And then because once you have them as a customer selling, that's the cheapest thing you do is sell to the same customer again and again and again and again. And with our product being a gifted product versus a, uh, a self-use product, it can, they, people can go back to that well five, 10 times a year and it not be overlapping because they had a great response. So then they can buy it for everybody who likes baseball, right? And so I was like, we got to get this customer information. So even if we're only in the black 10%, 15% after CAC and CPA and all this other crap. It's still worth it. And we have to start building that today. We have a 600, 600 to 700,000 person email list of buyers, right? That we've collected since then. And when COVID hit and things go wrong, man, you just lean right into it. And as long as you've nurtured that list, um, 
it's going to win. It, you can lean into it many, many times. So like that's why we spent the money we did on ads. But a lot of it was uh, gamification, um, hashtag hijacking, uh, things like that back before some of these systems got more sophisticated. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you talk a bit more about more of the organic play that you were doing? Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of, um, of uh, UGC, right? User-generated content. So every single time we're at an event, here, hold a mug, click, right? Here, do a video, click, right? It's constantly collecting content. That is so, so, so important. I just launched a new golf brand end of last year. Same thing. I take, I want videos. I want photos. I want people hitting balls. I want all this. It, it, I'm huge on UGC because then this is, you put it into the market and it lives there forever, and you can constantly go back to that and use it in advertising because people will believe someone else before they'll believe us talking about our own brand. And, and that's why we push so hard for um, reviews. So our, we have 55,000 five-star reviews at this point. And we've done that because every single person that's purchased a product, we have asked them to leave a review. Right. And, and so how we've done it from the beginning is still how we do it now. And I think that's part of the, the reason we're winning. Hey everybody, I just wanted to take a few moments to talk about a partnership we've had at the agency for years. Electric Eye and Recharge have been partners for longer than I can remember. Recharge is our go-to solution for clients when it comes to subscriptions. At Electric Eye, we know the ins and outs of Recharge. For example, we've set up replenishment subscriptions for consumables, created countless subscribe and save campaigns, and most recently, we got a client into a Recharge beta program to utilize Recharge's dynamic bundling solution for subscriptions. We've partnered with Recharge to solve subscription, loyalty, and membership for a div diverse range of clients spanning industries like food and beverage, automotive, supplements, CPG, and beauty. Not only is Recharge an incredible partner, they've been paving the way for subscription solutions longer than anyone else in the game. The product is unmatched, giving them a massive advantage against the competition. Clients often come to us because they've struggled to find agencies that truly understand how to harness the power of Recharge. We're not just familiar, we're bona fide Recharge experts. It's one of our specialties. It's a pain point we're happy to solve. As a top-tier Recharge expert, we have unparalleled access to support and resources that ensure we'll have a successful outcome. We stay appraised of all their new feature releases and compatibilities, bundling, memberships, flows, you name it, we know it. So. If subscriptions, memberships, or loyalty are on your to-do list and you're ready to have it done, just let us know. Visit electriceye.io slash recharge today to learn more about how we can tailor Recharge's robust product to your specific needs. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E dot I-O slash R-E-C-H-A-R-G-E. Let the experts at Electric Eye get it done the right way the first time. Join the ranks of our satisfied clients who partnered with us and recharged to harness recurring revenue within their business. All right, I want you to picture this. You're an e-commerce merchant juggling multiple platforms to manage your email marketing, SMS campaigns, and product reviews. It's a time-consuming and costly ordeal. But with Sendlane, those days of chaos are long gone. Sendlane brings together the power of email, SMS, and reviews all in one convenient place. So you can say goodbye to the hassle of separate tools and hello to simplified operations, increased efficiency, unified customer experience, and huge savings. And I haven't even gotten to the best part. 
With the all-new free SendLane reviews, you can leverage social proof to build trust and credibility with potential customers. Let me say that again, free product reviews. With SendLane, you pay for email and SMS and you get reviews for free. SendLane understands that customer feedback is essential for the success of any e-commerce business. That's why they've made an integral part of their platform without any additional cost to you. By unifying these key components of your tech stack, SendLane helps you save time and money all while generating more revenue. Don't let your e-commerce tech stack hold you back. Embrace the unifying force of SendLane and take your business to new heights. Sign up today and experience the power of streamlined operations, increased efficiency, and revenue growth. Visit SendLane.com slash honest to learn more and schedule your free consultation with a SendLane expert. That's SendLane.com slash honest. Now we're talking about all this winning. Is there anything that you look back on that maybe was a loss, like a mistake that you might have made that you want to let the listeners maybe avoid? Yeah. In e-commerce or just life in general? <laughs> Let's keep it e-commerce. <laughs> yeah. So with, with e-com, um, I... So... I don't get involved in anything that uh, isn't positive. Like I don't, I don't do, I don't work on anything that brings bad into the world, right? Like bad vibes, anything. So there's things I've pushed, things I've affiliate marketed, and things like that that um, I wish I would not have. Nothing crazy, right? But um, some of the uh, Nutra stuff, whatever, right? If it's bringing good into the world, I'm all about it. Wish I would have done some of that because it's off alignment. And at the end of the day. Sure, we're doing business. Sure, we're making money. But the moment you fall out of alignment with your with, with your your morals, your goals, your objectives, your belief system, um, nothing really works well after that. You start making bad decisions because you're not in alignment, right? So from that, that's a little deeper. But like that's one of the things I wish I would not have done. Um, the the greed at points where it's like damn, we're tripling, let's go for 4X and you end up burning $300,000 of a budget uh, in one month and, and you go from being in the black 200 to being in the red 100. You're like, well, that was stupid. Let's not do that again. Um, so so uh, trying to scale too quickly. One of the other things, I so, so I have a team, right? We're a manufactured product. Uh, we fell off for about two years on culture building and I think culture internally uh, permeates into your business, your customers, your tribe. So that's one of the things that I wish we would have kept a little closer eye on. We were so focused on uh, where we were going. We weren't, we lost sight of how we got to where we were. And uh, so we've changed that. We, you know, we do, you know, block parties at our, at our warehouse. We do, you know, um, speed tests and hitting and home run derbies and, bowling and axe throwing and we try to do stuff like that to try to bring that culture back so not not e-com specific right but but it is because e-com is a weird thing because you're you're doing real business but not in a real place like you're 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 floating around the, the internet typically and and a lot of people on your team can feel like they're on an island so really bringing them in and and letting them understand that we're doing a real thing here that's been helpful you know when your tribe gets behind you it's pretty damn unstoppable to be honest with you yeah absolutely it's you know that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize is at a certain point you become a manager and those are learned skills it's very hard to to kind of it be an innate ability uh it's quite difficult for some people you know they're yeah. 
Um, that's why you see sometimes like founders will move on to roles that are not a CEO role because they understand it's like, this isn't where I can be my best self. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's important too. Um, what, speaking of mistakes, one of the things that really uh, I had to learn over the years is to do what I do best and outsource the rest, right? Just stop. Don't ask me to do literally anything other than big conversations, close big deals, be on a stage, have, talk to the, the celebrity athlete, do the interviews. Like That's where I live. Don't ask me about the numbers. Don't ask me about the manufacturing. Don't ask me about this. Like That's why we have good people in that place. And, and I think um, reflection is really what it comes down to. I don't think enough uh, people reflect on not just what they're good at and, and more importantly, what they're not good at. It, because oftentimes you'll be the roadblock in the growth if you're inserting yourself into areas of the business in which you're not proficient. Absolutely. That makes, you know, it's either going to grind the gears and stop the growth. Yeah. If you're injecting yourself in there, it's like, why are you hiring these people that are smarter than you if you're just going to get in their way? Yeah. Or not hire people at all because you think you're saving money. But but the truth is you're actually costing yourself money because you're not growing because you're in the damn way. Exactly. Chris, now, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you think would resonate with our audience today? Not offhand, man. I wasn't really thinking about it like that. I just I, I just like bantering back and forth. I mean, talking about business and e-com and success is is something I'm very passionate about. I mean, speaking of passion, right? Um, don't do things you hate around people who suck. It, it, there's, it's so vast. Like, please don't waste your time or your life or your energy or anything, um, on, on, on something that sucks just because you think it's chasing money. So I'll, all the time, I mean, we had a, we, we had a family member pass two days ago and everybody's rushing to the, to the, to the thing to say their goodbyes. I'm the guy that's like, where the hell were the hellos? Right. Like you're so busy running around, wasting your whole life, you know, you know, in, in this wherever the hell you are mentally. And then like last minute you rush to do something. It's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big time guy and, and spending time, not wasting time, saving time, you know, collecting experiences, not things. So I always tell people chase the happy and not the money, because when you're chasing happy and you have a shitty day. You know, it's like, nah, I'm still around good people and I'm kind of happy. I just didn't win today. <laughs> if you're having a bad day around bad people doing something that's that's not in alignment, like it sucks. It'll take you a week to get out of that funk or more. So I, I'm a big chase the happy guy. And that's why I do beer, baseball, golf, cigars, baseball cards. Like this is what I like, you know, so this is what I do. And I, and I, I think if people stop and reflect back to reflection. Um, I think they need to do more of that. What do I stand for? What do I not stand for? What, what drives me, you know, because oftentimes, and, and you can attest to this and, and I've been guilty of it and you've probably been guilty of it. You measure your success with somebody else's ruler. You look at the Gary V's or the Grant Cardone's or the, this or whoever, pick one, pick a, pick a muse. Okay. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, I'm not to that point. So I need to keep grinding. It's like, well, maybe. But what does success look like, smell like, feel like, taste like to you? And at that point, you can you can reverse engineer a lifestyle. And that's what I've done. I wanted to play with my friends. I wanted to do things I like. 
I wanted to not lose. Yeah, I work. For, this is my house, right? I want to work for. I worked from home for almost ten years, and 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 especially after I got sick, everything changed. The lens adjusted that I looked through, and now everything is based on a whole different set of metrics. And I can be on a stage and flip flops and shorts and disgusting. And there's a hundred million dollar guy right. It happened last week. Hundred million, five hundred million dollar guy right next to me. And after the talk, they're coming to me saying, Hey man, can you help me with a couple things? Like, and it's, and it's because of the alignment. It, it's obvious when you're aligned and doing this and they were just chasing the money and they missed the happy in some cases. So I, I really think reflection and alignment are two things that every, anybody listening right now should probably spend some time on because then it makes all the decision-making at that point so much easier. Like you already know where you're going. Hey, do you want to do this? It's make a lot of money. It's like, actually, that sounds really good, but I'm really need to be over here because this is what feels good to me. And I, I, when that happened, I've never been more successful in my life financially than when I got on alignment with what I'm doing because it never feels like I'm working like ever. Chris, I think that's just the perfect area to, to end the episode. If I'm listening, I want to check out Dugout Mugs. Where should I go? Dugoutmugs.com. Awesome, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for having me. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io slash connect. Until next time.